Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house, thankful to be together. Lord, wore out from what has been an emotional week, a week of unrest, a week of uh, a sense of fear and a sense of these unknowns. And Lord, uh, at this moment is when we need you to show up. Uh, Lord, you have been showing up in our lives and I ask that you continue this morning. Lord, you are a great and mighty God who loves us so. And we trust that you have a plan and that you have it all worked out. And that, Lord, even when we don't know and when we walk that dark and lonely path we don't understand, we still know that you are in control. And so, Lord, as we worship you this morning, may we be reminded that you are in control that you haven't left the throne, that you are still there. You still have a plan. Your love is still good. You are a great and mighty God. You care about us so deeply and intimately. Let us not forget that today. Let us not get hung up on the things of this world that pull us away from your love. Let us not get hung up on our own struggles and forget those who are around us. Let us remember that your son went to the cross and that it was finished at that moment for the rest of us. We were freed at that moment. May that be a reminder today that you are still in control of our lives. We honor you and we ask, Lord, that you would continue to protect us how you have. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture this morning is out of John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Or actually, 1 through 12. Sorry, my bad. So then they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. 
Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. May God add his blessing as we continue to worship him this morning. Thank you for Jesus coming from that grave, living a perfect life. And coming from that grave, Lord, that we might have eternal life. That is our hope. It continues to be our hope. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you would remind us of those areas that we need to work on. Encourage us in those areas where we have grown. Challenge us in those areas, Lord, where we have been stubborn. That we might be more like you. As we reflect upon that moment in history where you would send your son to the cross. May we be reminded and live in the reflection that he rose again and that we have hope. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. We're continuing our series for, for this Easter called The Journey of Stones, where we've been looking at different passages where stones are referenced in Scripture. Um, thankfully, there's lots of those, right? And you're probably, uh, hopefully you were asked to grab a stone. Hopefully you got one. I, I got one just in case. I got an extra one. Anybody need one? <laughs> Let me throw it to the back row. No. Um, and we've been using these, these stones as a reminder, a stones as a symbol to help us uh, to begin to think about those areas in our life where maybe we need to change something, maybe uh, a habitual sin that we struggle with, maybe a relationship that we need to lay before God's uh, feet, um, maybe an area of growth uh, that we want to improve upon. Uh, Wednesday night we've been studying for a couple, about a month, two months maybe, um, the Holy Spirit and how it works in our lives and, and understanding what that looks like and uh, making the Holy Spirit a real, a real thing in our lives and allowing the Spirit to lead our lives as Christians. I think sometimes we, we want to give uh, our life to God and then we wanna, we're always constantly trying to pull it back. And, and Scripture says, God says, hey, I gave you this Holy Spirit to lead you along, to give you direction. Sometimes the challenge is um, allowing the Spirit to lead in our life. And so we've been looking at a lot of different uh, stories in Scripture and worked our way through, um, I think we're into Acts now, working our way through and looking at where the Holy Spirit continues to show up. See, I don't know if you noticed, this is a side note, but um, the, God sends the Holy Spirit in Acts like chapter 2, like 38 to 42, that area. But I don't know if you know that the Holy Spirit shows up all kinds of places in the Old Testament which is, was an interesting thing as we walked through that. So before he actually was introduced, he was already on the scene. And then God introduces him uh, at the beginning of the church, and he says, I'm going to give you the spirit to lead you along, to give you wisdom, and to help you to make better decisions and give you direction in your life. And then, so we are been, have been looking at that and how that works. And so there are areas in our lives where we need to work on. And if you think you've made it, I'm here to tell you, you haven't. 
right? We all have struggles. They're different. They look different. Some of us wear them on our sleeves better than others. Some of us are better at hiding them. The reality is we all have struggles. We are broken people. And so as we've spent time thinking and looking and seeking God, one of the things that I've been praying for is opportunities for you to bring to light those areas where um, there is a struggle, there's a problem, there's a concern, there's a challenge. Uh, maybe it's stepping out in faith in something that God has put in front of you and said, hey, I, I want you to go here, but I need you to step out in faith. And you know how that works, right? We're like, ah, right? I've showed you that picture of the guy standing on the edge of the cliff. Until we take that step, it doesn't, we haven't stepped it out in faith. And so I've been trying to encourage you in that. And so today we're going to look at a couple, uh, a couple, whoops, oh, so these stones, obviously they're not magic stones, I've told you that, um, but here's the idea. If you get a stone and God reveals something to you or shares something with you or um, reminds you of an area of your life that you need to adjust, I challenge you, I encourage you to put them, if you walk straight out this door, there's a cross, and I encourage you to put them at that cross. Obviously the understanding is this, God, I'm going to lay this at your feet, that means we don't pick that stone back up, right? <laughs> We're not going to pick that stone back up. We're going to leave that at the cross. And I was thinking, you know, it may be that the same stone gets picked out of that wheelbarrow every week and has to be laid at the cross. And, and that happens, right, in our lives. We, we, we try to give something to God and we struggle that week and we try to give it to God. It's okay. Keep working in that direction. So that's what the stones are for. And then today's stone, oh, whoops, sorry. I tried to get ahead of myself. Um, so the few areas that I want to look at or think about, and I want to challenge you to write on, your, uh, write on your bulletin somewhere, one of these, whatever one comes to mind, um, spiritual areas that we may need to address or you may need to address in your life this morning. Am I being honest about who I really am? Is that a challenge for you to be honest? Some of us put on really good clothes. We look really good. We put on a good smile. We walk into church and we're still broken people. Am I really being honest about who I am? Have I checked my motives? This one's challenging. This really challenged me this week. Do, have I checked my motives in those areas, even in ministry, where we're helping people, where we're stepping out and we're doing something? Have I checked my motives to make sure they're pure? Or am I just trying to get another feather in my hat? And I've been challenged. That, that, this week, I was challenged with that idea. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I going to the hospital? Why am I going to visit? Am I calling somebody out of obligation? Or am I calling someone because I'm actually concerned about their life? It may be this morning that you need to check your motives. Am I really allowing God to lead in my life? Or am I handing it and pulling it back? I have a friend who gives me a paper, and every time she gives me a paper, I get the same thing. She gives me a paper, and then she holds on tight and sees it, because she know, well, I've learned my lesson, right? So now I just pull once, and then she releases, and then I can get it. But I wonder how we do, uh, how often we do that with God. Here it is, God. And finally, is it is right being is is right? more important than righteous? Is being right more important than being righteous? 
So I challenge you, encourage you uh, to write one of those down or one of those words and something for God that God has put on your heart to think about this morning as we look at this passage. So this morning's story, it's a great story, right? We've, you've probably heard this story. Probably not the first time that you've heard this passage. It's all about chucking stones today, right? About throwing a stone. Do you know that stoning is still a legitimate way of a form of punishment in the Middle East? We don't do it off much. We don't, it's not really legal here. We, don't, we do other ways, but in the Middle East, it's still legal. Um, they do follow a lot of the rules. The rules are a little different than you might think. So the rules are this. Um, if someone goes in front of the court and they are found guilty, they are sentenced then to stoning. doesn't happen. By the way, it doesn't happen all that often, but it still is, uh, is still in the law books and still can happen. There's a public stoning. And here's how it works in the Middle East at this point. They dig a hole, dig a nice big hole, males up to their waist, women up to their chest, and they fill it in. And here's the understanding. If you admit that you are guilty before you get stoned and you can get out of the hole before you die, you're allowed to live. If you don't, you're still dead. <laughs> you're going to be The concept is this. They fill it all full of sand, right? Because there's lots of sand over there. Packs in probably pretty tightly. And guess who throws the first stone? The person who was either wronged or the judge who made the decision or the person uh, or the witnesses to what happened. Yeah, the person, yeah, usually that's the person who throws the first stone. Do you know there's a regulation on the stones? They need to be of medium size. No boulders on the noggin, nope. Medium size. Orange size is nice. If you're picking stones, I don't know if they have a pile for when they pick stones. I don't know. Probably a wheelbarrow, yeah. <laughs> but they're a little, yeah. Take a guess how long it takes. What's that? Take a guess how long it takes to, be, to die of stone. About an hour. That's the average. And I'm thinking they... Just make a nice big circle and they start chucking rocks. And when they roll out of the circle, they roll to the other side, they chuck them back. Pretty rough way to die. It still happens. And so in our, our story today, Jesus is in the temple teaching people. It says they're sitting down and they're learning something. We don't even know exactly what they're learning in this passage, but they're learning something. They're being taught something when all of a sudden the door busts open and here come the Pharisees, the leaders, right? The religious leaders of the day. And they, you know what they do? They parade this woman right in. A lot of commentators say there's a good chance she would have either been naked or barely clothed. Because remember, she was caught in the act of adultery. So I'm doubting they gave her much time to get, uh, get cleaned up and uh, get dressed or anything else. They parade her in, and of course they interrupt whatever Jesus is teaching. 
And everybody's pointing their finger at this woman. I'm willing to believe that there's a group behind her. Right? I'm willing to bet that there's a group of people. At some point, this group begins to grow around her. And I'm willing to bet that they had stones. That some of them had stones already picked out. She was found in the, in the act of adultery. She's already guilty. There's no question to that. Jesus never, uh, never makes any qualms about that. He doesn't condone her activity. She's caught in the act of adultery. By law, she's guilty. This woman is in the midst of this group, in the midst of this, the middle of this uh, teaching time. And the leaders say, do you know what she did? Do you know what she did? She was awful. This woman is awful. And you know what the story says that Jesus did, right? He bent down and began to write something in the sand. No one knows. It, no one knows what was written. A lot of people have made commentaries that, uh, that maybe, maybe she w- he was writing at that moment the Ten Commandments. Maybe he was beginning to, um, thou shalt not commit adultery. And maybe he was writing out the, I, I don't know. We don't know. We'll never know on this side of heaven, but we don't know. And there's, there's a sense that there were two times that he knelt down to write. Did you get that? That he wrote something at first, and they kept talking. They kept jawing at Jesus. They kept saying, listen, Jesus, she's guilty. And then it says he bent back down again. And whatever he wrote the second time obviously didn't sit nearly as well as it did for the first time. And so there are a lot of theologians who believe that the Ten Commandments might have been what he was writing out at first, and then whatever he wrote on the second time. Maybe that um, some people say, well, maybe he was writing things about very specific things about people who were in that room. Cheated on your taxes, lied to your wife, stayed home from work, weren't sick. I don't know. We don't know. We'll never know what he wrote. But we know the story, right? As he begins to write, after he says, he who has the first, cast the, uh, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. So he lays down the law. He doesn't, he doesn't make for this um, condoning of her actions, but rather he challenges the group. He challenges the motives of the group. See, there were different motives uh, possible in this story. The first motive would have been on the left. It was legal to bring this woman to trial. It was legitimate to bring her to trial. It was against the law. She had broken the law and she deserved punishment. There's no doubt about that. Right? She, that's, if that was their motive and it may have been their motive in our minds, that's what it looked like on the surface, that their motive was just to bring her to justice. So the leaders of the church were just doing what good leaders do. She's obviously guilty. We need to make right what is wrong. Is that their motive? What do you think? Think that's their motive? 
Any, any evidence to tell you why that's not their motive? It says to trap, right? The scripture's pretty plain, to trap him. You know the other piece that it doesn't say? Where's the man, right? If they were caught in the act of adultery, uh, there had to be another party in this uh, picture. Where's the man? So obviously justice wasn't uh, they're, they're, uh, where they were headed. They weren't looking to do the right thing. Their motive wasn't to be right in the eyes of the, of the law. So maybe they were trying to scam somebody. Maybe they're just trying to scam Jesus into uh, believing or into uh, showing who he really was. That was their real intent, right? That's what, that's what we think. Their real intent was this. We're going we're gonna to put on this ruse. We're going to set up this woman to be caught in adultery and break into the teaching because what's Jesus going to do? All these people are out here listening to him and now we're going we're gonna, to uh, put him on the spot and see how he responds. Kind of a bait and switch kind of idea, right? We're going we're gonna to set him up to fail. Why would they set him up to fail? Condemns their lifestyle. They want to discredit him, right? He's coming to town. He's causing trouble. He's, he's giving them problems. The religious institution of the day was being challenged. And their authority was being challenged. Jealousy, Jealousy yeah, absolutely. Jealousy. They set it up to look like an adultery issue when it was really uh, an issue of the church. Any reason to think that's not the truth? Does anything in the story trigger your mind to say, maybe that's not really what was going on here? That's the thought process of most uh, commentaries and most people. That was really what was going on here. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Anything stick out that says maybe that's not really what was going on? What's that? It did threaten other beliefs. Here's the question I have to ask myself. What if Jesus would have said, yep, she's guilty? What if he would have said she's guilty? He might have been. But, but qualified to throw the first stone, right? But if that was really what they were after, was to make a point, do you think they would have let the woman go free? Heck no. They would have made the point. Would they have not? They would have made the point by finishing the job. They would have brought her to justice, made sure she was guilty, and they would have finished the job. See, I think it's even bigger than that. I think their motive was, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. I'm good, God. I got this figured out. See, they were just trying to justify who they were. They were trying to justify themselves. They wanted to remind themselves just how important they were. That they didn't need a Messiah. They didn't need a God to take over for where they were. 
They wanted to be God themselves. They had decided in their own minds that they were God. They didn't say that. But let's just be honest. They were going to go to the point of justifying themselves by killing her. i got to ask you the question. Maybe not, because maybe it didn't turn. There we go. So what is your motive? What is your motive in the midst of those times in life when we have somebody in front of us who is guilty of a sin? What is your motive when you are the one caught in that sin? What is your motive when someone else accuses you or God convicts you of a sin? I love that Jesus doesn't answer the question like they expect them to. He says, any of you without sin, chuck the first stone. Have at it. Here's what happens, right? As he writes whatever he writes, it says the older men, I, I like this part, the older men left first. What's that tell you? Maybe they've lived a little longer and at least have come to recognize their failures and their need for God's grace. I, I don't know that. It doesn't say why, but I, I have to assume that, that maybe that's some of it. Maybe they were a little less bent on making sure uh, she was guilty, and maybe it hurt, hit a little closer to home, whatever they, that he wrote. Maybe he wrote the things that the older guys were struggling with first and then worked his way to the younger guys. I don't know. But it says the older men turned and walked away, and the younger men followed suit. And Jesus responds with this. Your sins have been forgiven. Go and sin no more. Almost, almost dropped it. Go and sin no more. He doesn't condone what she's done. He doesn't make it okay. He tells her to change her ways. Go and sin no more. Live a different life than you did when you got here. See, I think one of the struggles is that we really struggle to recognize that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That we all need Jesus. See, we, we say it, but we don't always live it. We don't always live it in those moments when we find fault in others um, and a lot of times have the same fault in our own life. When our motives are questionable, when we do things that we know full well is not the right reason to be doing it. When we do it to get our name or a picture on a plaque, maybe only in our minds, right? We don't go around putting people's pictures on plaques all over the church. But maybe in our minds, when we do those things, we're like, yeah, me. Good job, me. I worked 41 hours this week. Good job, me. Instead of saying, well, 
I am a sinner saved by grace. Who is just passing that along to others. So I'll ask you, are you honest about who you are? You are a sinner saved by grace. Saved by the grace of God alone. Have you checked your motives? Have you checked your motives for why you do what you do? Does it make you look good? Does it give you a, a, another star in your hat? What, does it, what is the motive behind your desire? Is it to serve God? Or is it to serve yourself? Or is it to serve someone else? Are you allowing God to lead in your life? Are you allowing God to work in your life? Or is that just a nice saying that we all talk about? Is being right more important than being righteous? We're all human. We're all broken. We all need Jesus. You know, the struggles with the Pharisees in this passage, they had no clue. They decided to not believe that they needed Jesus. They thought they had it all figured out. They made a choice. They made their choice in the midst of this uh, story when they chose not to recognize that Jesus was the Messiah. They thought he was just another guy just walking around. Another guy to knock down a peg or two. I'll leave you with this one last thought. If you've not sinned, you're welcome to take your stone home with you this morning. For the rest of us, we'll be dropping them off at the cross. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning because we know that you are a mighty God who loves us so. We know that, Lord, we need you in our lives. We need to walk this path with you in control. Lord, for some, we have walked the life of the adulteress or the adulterer. Lord, we have walked the life of sin. We have continued to walk in that sin. And we get a sense, Lord, of that guilt that that person would have felt walking into the sanctuary. We're reminded that she was Reminded that her sins were forgiven. And sometimes, Lord, we're like the Pharisees, just ready to point a finger, just ready to show someone how wrong they are and how right we are. And Lord, I ask for forgiveness in those moments when we allow ourselves to get in the way of the work you're doing in our lives. Lord, I ask even now that you would help us to bite our tongues to change our thought processes, to begin, Lord, to recognize that we need Your grace first and foremost. That we need Your love in our life. That, Lord, we needed that sacrifice of Jesus to go on, on, going on that cross. We needed that. I needed it. Lord, help us to remember 
that we all have sinned. We have all fallen short. None of us deserve anything but the punishment of eternity away from you. It is only by your grace that we have been saved. Help us to live in that light and to be more graceful people. That, Lord, we don't throw the sticks and stones even when we might have the opportunity. That, Lord, you would remind us in our mind to stay away from those things that only harm others. Lord, help us to hear your voice, to use your Holy Spirit to allow us to have wisdom as we make decisions. In your name we pray. Amen.